Hello and welcome to another episode of the CG Business Advisor brought to you by CG Tax Audit and Advisory. I'm Scott Seidenberg. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about best practices for early and growth phase businesses. And I'll be joined by two valuable members of CG Tax Audit and Advisory. If you are in the early stage of your business or maybe a new business owner, there are important things you must consider when getting set up and as you progress to the growth phase of your business. What are some best practices? What type of professional services you should use? And why having a business model is extremely important. Anthony Torano is a principal in CG Tax Audit and Advisory's Accounting and Auditing Services Group, and he assists a variety of clients with their financial and operational concerns, bringing significant financial accounting and reporting experience to his client engagements. Christopher Raykowski is a tax manager at CD Audit and Advisory, providing a variety of tax services to a diverse range of clients, including mid to large size businesses, estates and trusts, and high net worth individuals. Anthony, Chris, thanks so much for joining me here on this podcast. And Anthony, I want to start with you. Let's say you're a new business owner, right? And you're getting everything set up. You, you want to make sure that you're doing things the right way. What's the best way to approach setting everything up? Yeah, I, I think the first thing that, you know, all new business owners need to consider is making sure that they keep neat and clean records and make sure they do a good job of tracking all the business expenses right from, from day one. So many times you'll see new business owners kind of commingle personal funds and business finances. And all that does is create a lot of headache and heartache down the line. If you could keep neat, accurate records from day one, track all your expenses um, you know, consider hiring professional help. If you get set up uh, correctly from from the start, it'll it'll create uh, you know a much smoother process down the line, and it'll be financial financially beneficial as well. So so super important. Just keep good records, keep personal finances out of it, and uh, if you need help, you know, ask, ask. Don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, one of the things we hear all the time is have a business model, right? You know, you got to make sure you got a business model. You have to have a proper business model. Follow your business model. Chris, what exactly is a business model? What should you have? What should you cover in your business model? So as new businesses are starting off, they're going out to outside investors, possibly going to banks for lending, bank accounts, credit cards. And a business model is really telling the outside parties what your business does. So some common components to a business model are your projected startup costs, your financing sources, the target customer base, um, your marketing strategy, who are you going to market the product of your business or service to, and uh, what are your realistic and sustainable goals. Um, Those type of items are important because it shows potential future investors the viability of their potential investment in your endeavor. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Anthony, what kind of professional services should a new business consider using? Um, you know, a lot of new business owners uh, right off the start and, and, you know, businesses that are in an early phase or growth phase, they don't have a lot of money to spend on stuff that's not helping uh, develop their product or grow top line revenue. So in many cases, they try to do things in-house and do it themselves and which is great at the start, but that creates two problems. One, they're not experts in things like HR, legal issues, banking, accounting, marketing, all that type of stuff. 
So, so they don't have the expertise that a professional might have. The second issue is that when they spend, I, I see a lot of small businesses and growth-based businesses. I see the, the, the owners of those businesses spending an inordinate amount of time, um, you know, doing their back office accounting, you know, reviewing con- drafting contracts, uh, building projections and forecasts. And they spend so much time doing that back office stuff. It's taking away from the growth of, of their product and the development of their product. And that's really what they're good at. And that's really where they should be spending their time. So, you know, while obviously costs, uh, cost management is critical, I think if you have, you know, you get in front of a lawyer who could help you draft some agreements, you know, maybe, maybe a marketing firm that could help you with your social media or your website design, um, you know, a CPA to help you or, or an accounting firm, or an outsourced bookkeeping firm to help just, just reconcile monthly accounts and track your monthly spend, you know, doing all those things is really helpful. And, you know, another one is, is bankers, right? You're going to want to open up a, a business bank account. You're going to want to track your spend, maybe a business credit card. So, so finding the right bank for you and your business is critical. And Chris, maybe, maybe you just want to go into that a little bit more, you know, just, just the, the banking aspect of, of, uh, of new businesses. Right. Yeah. So any new business should open up a bank account. I think, Anthony, you would agree that many of our new clients who are starting their businesses from scratch, they are using their personal funds, they're using their checking account where all their personal expenses are paid from. And at the end of the year, that could be a real administrative burden on the tax preparer or your business advisor who eventually needs to make sense of all the stuff that's happening within uh, the business to tell to outside parties. So uh, best practice would be open up a bank account as a new business, separate the funds from your personal side to your business. And um, it's typically pretty simple. Most banks offer free business checking accounts and you could have the opportunity to get some interest income, albeit very, very, very low interest. Yeah. Income. Chris, you know, one other thing, I think a lot of people and, and I've, I've seen a lot of people do this. They start a new business. They go, you know what? I got to get that business bank account. And, you know, they walk out their door and they go to the closest bank, whether it's, you know, one, a, a bigger player, you know, whether it's a Citibank or a Chase or a, a Wells Fargo. And, you know, in many cases, you know, those types of banks aren't really set up for the small business, the growth phase business, the startup business. You know, there are a lot of other options out there, like web-based banks and, and you know, smaller shops that offer some, some great flexibility for, for startup businesses. So, you know, do your research. Don't just go to the first bank you see and sign up and, and, and open an account. Check out what your options are. Same thing on the credit card side. There's a lot of great, there's a lot of great uh, credit card options out there for, um, you know, new business owners with some great deals. So, so, so look around. Don't just, don't just go with the first thing you see. No, that's good advice. Uh, and any other types of people you should be putting yourself in front of? Yeah. You know, it, Getting getting a lawyer or an accountant or um, you know outside marketing firm or or an outsourced CFO or outsourced controller can be costly up front, but you know what what companies need to realize is that you know let's say let's say you bring in an outsourced CFO and he you know charge he spends I don't know ten hours a month twenty hours a month working on your business and it costs you five grand a month three grand a month whatever whatever that fee is maybe it's more. You know, you can't look at it as a as a cost center, as an expense, because the value and the knowledge that that guy or girl is going to bring to your company can be worth tenfold 
for that for that cost. And I'll give you an example. I have uh, I had a client recently who was a growth phase business. They you know they were trying to get bought by their pre revenue. They don't have a lot of a lot of cash flow. You know they they um, ran up some money on credit cards and took out like a small line of credit, but they don't want to run up costs. And and finally they they bit the bullet and they hired an outsourced CFO. And you know it, it wasn't cheap, but that outsourced CFO was able to help them put together forecasts and presentations to get in front of investors. And as a result, they were able to close a very significant term, term loan, uh, you know, in excess of $2 million that they never would have been able to do if they didn't have that outsourced CFO in there helping them out. So, so you can't just look at it from a cost perspective. You have to look at it from a cost benefit perspective and, and what can be your return on investment. So while it could be costly upfront, the benefits could be tremendous. Are there any resources that can help you, whether it's, you know, from uh, on a local side or from the state government, uh, you know, as far as the business organizations go, is there any help out there for you as a new business owner? There are, there are, there are, um, there's a number of organizations out there that, that are set up to help, you know, small, mid-sized growth phase businesses. I mean, there's, there's a small business administration, you know, probably most people have heard of the SBA. SBA was super active, you know, especially during COVID with, uh, you know, the CARES Act and all the programs that they put out there, but there's grant money that's out there. There's, there's um, training and just a whole wealth of knowledge to help, to help those small growth phase businesses, you know, not only, not only with COVID, but, but um, you know, just in, in day-to-day loans, you know, some, some of their loans and their grants tend to have a lot better or a lot more favorable terms and a lot more um, advantageous arrangements than your traditional, you know, co- commercial lender. There's, there's a lot, there's a number of other things as well. There's like the, uh, the NJ uh, EDA, the NJEDA is, is an organization that, that does a ton of grants and offers a lot of different programs to help those smaller businesses. I mean, they, their programs are constantly changing, but um, I know they had one a, a little while ago where it was, if you were, if you were a, a smaller growth phase business and you entered into one of their programs, they would put um, um, uh, an executive from a major company in your field Wow. on your board of directors. So you do something like that, you get, you get a, you're, you're getting connected with an in-house expert that's doing exactly what you're doing and can, pro- can provide, you know, invaluable uh, resources. You know, they're, they're telling, they've been through all the problems that you're going to, that you're going to hit in your business journey. And if they could save you some time and money, a program like that is, is tremendous. There's also um, some other state and local resources. I know there's one out of Philly that that's really good. And, and, you know, pretty much, pretty much anywhere you go, there's, there's, there's a bunch of groups and organizations out there to help start up and growth phase businesses. So don't think that you're alone. Don't think that you need to come up with all the answers. You know, you do a little digging and, and you connect with the right professionals and, and you could be on your way. I want to go back to something, Anthony, that you said earlier about, you know, maybe getting an outside accounting firm, uh, you know, or a CPA to help you um, making sure that you have accurate data. But if you are going to do something on your own, what, what kind of accounting software is out there that is good for you to use? And just talk about the benefits of having that accurate data. Yeah, yeah. Look, having accurate data is key. Um, if, if you have, you know, if you have 
bad financial reporting and you're not tracking all your expenses and you're, you know, you're going to try to build budgets and forecasts and projections. And, and if your historical data is not accurate, those budgets, forecasts and projections aren't going to be accurate. Um, as soon as you get in front of an investor, they're going to rip it apart and they're going to realize that um, you, you don't know what you're talking about and you lose credibility right off the bat. Um, there's a lot of other benefits to having good data and having complete data. So, you know, you might sit there as a startup business or a growth-based business and say, hey, you know, I have, I, I'm in a loss position. Maybe I'm pre-revenue, maybe I'm low revenue and I'm just generating a lot of costs. Hey, you know, I, I don't care. I'm not going to have to pay any tax anyway because I'm not generating, uh, you know, net income. But the truth is there's a lot of things that can benefit you down the line, um, for making sure you have all those expenses tracked up front. So there's the concept of net operating losses. You might hear the term NOLs thrown around where you can offset future net income from historical losses. There's other things like R&D tax credits, you know, where as you're building up your business and starting your business, you're, you're incurring research and development costs. And a lot, a lot of those costs, um, you know, can be used to offset you know, future income in the form of credits. Um, you know, so, so, so making sure that you track all your expenses and track um, everything that you're doing, all your, your metrics and your KPIs is super critical. And, you know, depending on the size and the nature of your business, you know, you, you might be able to get, with, get away with using like Microsoft Excel to track things early on. I know I had one client that they had a super simple business. We built a little um, Excel model where they were just every month we would just pop in their expenses into like a, an input sheet and it would basically it would prepare a monthly a monthly balance sheet and PL, uh, you know, through some formulas and some stuff. I mean, something like that works if you're really small and simple. Other systems like um, QuickBooks is is a huge one. I, I see most people use QuickBooks, especially QuickBooks Online. It's it's a very very good tool and relatively inexpensive. There's other systems out there as well. There's something, I know there's another system out there called FreshBooks. Um, there's other ones that are more industry specific, but for the most part, I think QuickBooks is, is where uh, most people tend to lean towards mm -hmm. just for its simplicity and, and user friendliness, if that's actually a word. Mm -hmm. uh, Chris, let's talk about business entities. Um, we did a whole episode on it earlier on this podcast. Uh, why is it so important to choose the right entity for your business? Right, that's a good question. So choosing the right entity is important on the onset of business formation because decisions you make today could make impacts to operations in the future or goals for business owners in the future. I have an example for a client that I work on where they started off as one entity type, did operations through the first year of, of opening the business. And now they want to do uh, something else in their business that the entity type, which they originally chose is not conducive to their goals. That client ended up being in a bind because he had uh, unfortunately wanted to take on new investors. And that is a common new business issue where their goal is to take on new investors and not picking the right entity type at the onset could prevent them. And that could be detrimental to companies whose capital raising initiatives are timely, right? They need to be done in a timely manner to be able to sustain operations. And that, that, that's a more severe example of entity type, but the overall message is 
there's multiple entity types and there is no one right answer for any one business. And the way you get to the correct answer is by having those conversations with your trusted advisors to get to the best option for you and your business and your goals. Talk to me a little bit about important financial ratios. Right. So on the same topic of investors, I think uh, outside parties want to learn about the business and the quickest way to do that uh, and compare businesses on on a level playing field and compare apples to apples would be through use of financial ratios. Now, if you're comparing financial ratios of one company in software to a restaurant in New Jersey, those financial ratios aren't going to do you any justice, but you want to be sure you're comparing things that are, that makes sense to compare, use your best judgment. And some uh, ratios are liquidity ratios, leverage ratios, efficiency ratios, profitability ratios, and market value ratios. So uh, those are all uh, classifications of ratios that tell you different things about the company. And depending on who is interested in the financial information uh, that determines the type of ratios that are most uh, most important in presenting to those parties. So I, I think, Chris, not to cut you off, but I think it's also important to make sure that you're not only familiar with the rate, those ratios and those KPIs, you know, key performance indicators, but also understanding where investors want you to be for your industry. For example, if you are a software developer, your profit margin should be pretty high, right? You, you have a relatively low cost of goods sold. If you're, if you're a reseller or a distributor of refrigerators, you know, your margins are going to be much smaller. So it's, it's really important um, to understand your industry, what are good uh, benchmarks of KPIs in your industry and, and, you know, and, and aim towards, towards those targets. Anthony, tell us about a couple of things that businesses should do at the end of every month. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things that that businesses should do at the end of every month. Um, you know, obviously, one of which is is reconciling your bank accounts and your credit cards, and you know, that's one good way to make sure you track your spend and 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 track your expenses. Um, it's also very important in that process to make sure that you're consistent with your tracking of that spend. And what I mean by that is. If you have a recurring credit card charge, let's say you have, uh, I don't know, you, you, you pay for your website domain or something, you got to record it the same every single month. If you're recording it differently every month in a different account or in a different um, group, you know, it, it's going to skew your financial results and it's going to be really hard to build out good forecasts and projections. Um, you know, other things that are, that are critical, you know, review your business records, make sure that any licenses or... Um, uh, subscriptions or, or any, anything like that, you know, you're up to date. You don't want things to lapse. You want to make sure that any required filings that you need to do are, are taken care of in a timely fashion, because all that's going to happen if you don't is you're going to create a lot of headache and heartache for yourself when you start getting hit with fines and penalties and late fees and whatnot. Um, you know, depending on your business, if you have inventory, you want to make sure you're reconciling inventory. So, so you have an accurate count of what's on hand. You know, reconciling other things like like payroll or good um, good practices, and you know, as I mentioned earlier, you know, tax fi- tax filing, sales tax, occupancy tax, um, you know, paying bills timely. You know, you want to make sure you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on, 
Um, especially as, as you start heading towards the part where you're doing capital raises and bringing on investors. Because if, if you don't have your finances under control, if you don't have good data, if you can't support your, your budgets, forecasts, and projections, you're going you're gonna to have a lot of trouble trying to raise money and, and bring on investors because you know, those investors aren't just going to give you money for free. They're going to want to make sure that their investment is sound and that the business that they're getting into bed with um, has things under control and knows what's going on. So the better your data is from day one, the better records you keep, the easier your life will be down the line. Ah, you mean they're not going to just give me money for free? Darn it. Yeah, I know. It's it's. You watch Shark Tank and you think sometimes they just give stuff away. But if you think Shark Tank is tough, you should you know you should see the, the negotiations that go on with real real life investors. You know when they're not uh, not on TV with the cameras in front of them. Uh, and you for know, that, it's, it's, and for that reason, I'm out. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anthony, exactly. Chris, great information. Thanks so much, guys. Thanks, Scott. Some great information there from Anthony and Christopher on best practices for early end growth phase businesses. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Thanks for listening to the CG Business Advisor. New episodes drop on the 1st and 15th of each month. You can follow the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. And be sure to head to cgteam.com to check out a variety of services provided by CG Tax Audit and Advisory. And of course, you can sign up for free webinars as well. Once again, this has been the CG Business Advisor. We will talk to you next time.